Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Daniel chapter 9, we said our takeaways and our applications from our previous studies is number one, the laws of seed time and harvest still affect nations today. Sin produces death and judgment even on a national scale. Two, you have to purpose in your heart to live the way God tells you to live. If you do not make the quality decision, which is backed up by several daily decisions, you will go the way of the Babylonian culture or the culture of the world. Number three, God can and will give you favor with decision makers and those in authority. You should daily confess and claim favor over your life. It is available for you. Number four, God can and will give you supernatural understanding and skill that causes you to rise to the top of your profession. Because of the gift of God, Daniel and his friends were 10 times better. I said we should daily confess that you have the mind of Christ. You should pray the Ephesians 1 prayer over yourself and acknowledge how God has anointed you. If you do those things, it'll help you increase in the gifting God has given you. Number five, we said God knows how to deal with world leaders. As we pointed out throughout the series, God gave Nebuchadnezzar the kingdom with that level of authority. Number six, it is our holy responsibility to pray for world leaders and for all those on authority. As we keep seeing in our study, Daniel influenced an empire through his prayer life, and we will definitely see that tonight. We must be a praying people. We cannot afford to be prayerless. Number seven, God desires to place his people in a position of authority and influence. As Jesus told us, we are the salt and light of this world. Our lives should be influencing the world around us. In the same way that Daniel's life influences culture, our lives should influence our culture. Number eight, God can and will deliver his people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fully expected God to deliver them. Instead of expecting trouble, when you stand for God, you should expect supernatural assistance and deliverance. Number nine, as we see throughout this book, God has a host of angels at his command, and they are involved in human affairs. Number 10, faithfulness is required to have long-lasting influence and to fulfill the plan of God for your life. Daniel was faithful for decades. Number 11, the strategy of the Antichrist is to wear out the people of God. Spirits of Antichrist only win if the people of God give up. We have overcome and we continually overcome spirits of Antichrist. We learned that from 1 John 4. It is our job to restrain and hold back the works of darkness. We said here are some keys to Daniel's influence. He purposed in his heart to serve the Lord fully. We see that God gave him favor. We see that Daniel was a man of excellence. We see Daniel was a man of prayer, and Daniel had praying friends of faith. If God can use Daniel to make a difference in Babylon, God can use you to make a difference where you live. You must take stand like Daniel. You must believe for the supernatural assistance of God. This is the supernatural lifestyle of faith. So Daniel chapter 9. Once again, if you miss any of this, of the series of this Bible study, you can find all of our messages on the faith plus app as well as our youtube channel we said daniel's name meant my judgment is god's or god is my judge he was born of the latter years of king josiah in judah the book of daniel is written in two languages hebrew and aramaic daniel 1 through 6 contain the stories of daniel and his friends in babylon daniel 7 through 12 is about the future daniel 1 is written in hebrew daniel 2 through 7 is written in aramaic daniel 8 through 12 is written in hebrew this design with the language and divisions of the book give you insight into understanding the book. From Daniel 1, we understand that Daniel and his friends were from the royal family, meaning they were King David's descendants or part of the nobility of Judah. This passage shares, when we looked at it earlier in Daniel chapter 1, that 
Daniel and his friends were very young when they were taken from the homeland of Judah. How young? Approximately 15 years old. And so we went through Daniel 1 through 6. We saw Daniel's life journey through the decades. And now that we started Daniel chapter 7, we're looking at the different series of visions God gave him. And so that's enough review for tonight. Let's do Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Asherus, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And when we think about the prophet Jeremiah, we think about the book of Jeremiah, and we should. We might think about the book of Lamentations, and we should. But also understand this, where Daniel, from Daniel's perspective, Jeremiah was a contemporary of Daniel. Jeremiah was a contemporary of Daniel. Yes, he was older than Daniel, but they lived at the same time. Jeremiah was a contemporary of Daniel. Daniel would have had the opportunity to hear Jeremiah prophesy in the king's palace and in Jerusalem since he was part of the nobility. He would have heard Jeremiah prophesy in person. And after he was taken from his homeland to Babylon, we see from the book of Jeremiah that Jeremiah wrote letters to those who were carried away captive in Babylon. So Daniel would have had opportunity to hear Jeremiah preach in person. And of course, his message circulated all throughout Jerusalem and Judah. So he would have heard him in person and heard what he said from others. But also he would have had access to the letters that Jeremiah sent those who were captive in Babylon. So Jeremiah is not an ancient figure to Daniel. Jeremiah is a contemporary of Daniel. He is a contemporary figure. And so what's happening now is Daniel's going through the right. He has copies of the prophecies of Jeremiah. And he's going through these prophecies. And he realized that what God had said, the time limit he said, had come to pass. Now, how do we know that? Let's go to Jeremiah 25. By now, by Daniel chapter 9, Jeremiah would have been dead approximately 31 years. But look at what it said in Jeremiah 25, 11 and 12. It's one of the prophecies. It said, this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then it will come to pass when the 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I'll make it a perpetual desolation. Now skip down to Jeremiah 29. Of course, all these are my notes. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I'll bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place which I have caused you to be carried away captive. So these are prophecies concerning the 70 years that Daniel has access to. So he's reading this prophetic word, and he realizes that the 70 years Maybe he realized it because he had been counting for a while, or maybe he realized that when Babylon had lost control and the Medes and the Persians had taken control of the empire, that what God said through Jeremiah had came to pass. He talked about the fall of Babylon way before it fell. He talked about how they would lose power way before it happened. And so now that Daniel's seen this happen, notice what he does. Verse 3, 
Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy to those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants of prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face, as it is this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all Israel, those near and those far off in the countries to which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, our, father, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against them. We have now obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his ways, which he set before us by his servant, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges who judge us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself the name as it is this day. We have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray that your anger and your fear be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are reproached all those realms. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplication. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolation, the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplication before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. So let's look at some of the things that Daniel said in this prayer, what he did in this prayer. From verse 3 to verse 19. Number one, Daniel set his face. He's focused. He is setting his face on the goal of what? What is the what is his goal? For what God said to come to pass, for Jerusalem to be restored. He re realized the prophesied time had arrived, that set time that Moed had arrived. And so he is setting his face. He is committed. He is dedicated to seeing what God said has come to pass. He set his face. Nothing is going to take him away from his dedication. Number two, he acknowledged God as a covenant-keeping God. That was one of the first things he said when he prayed. Number three, he asked for forgiveness on behalf of himself and for the people. And notice one of the things he's asking for forgiveness for is what caused them to be removed from the land 70 years before that. And the years before that, because he wasn't the last group to go, but he was a group before that. So he's repenting of the sins of previous generations. Number four, he stood on the word. We see him standing on the word and quoting what was said in the law and what was said by the prophets. And number five, he placed his faith in God's great mercy or his covenant love. He didn't say, well, God, I want you to do this because we've done everything right. So I want you to do this because you're merciful. Mercy is the covenant love and action. It's God's determination. He blesses people. 
And so this is what Daniel's doing while he's praying. What is the result of this prayer? Verse 20. Now, at, while I was speaking, praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, with the holy mountain of God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer. Notice, he says, I was still praying. So Daniel hadn't finished praying. He had just gotten started. So he says, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I seen in the vision at the beginning. So we know that previously, a few years before that being called to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have come forth to give you understanding or give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplication, the command went out. Meaning as soon as you began to pray, I was sent to you so you would understand. So Daniel, before you said everything you said, as soon as you began to pray. So as soon as Daniel set his face, set his face, set his faith, set his focus, and open his mouth to pray, God sent Gabriel to bring the answer. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I've come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. And we'll get into this a couple weeks from now. But this phrase, greatly beloved, I just love that phrase is so powerful. Greatly beloved. Now, we think about this as New Testament believers, and we know we're the beloved. We see it so many times in the New Testament. But this phrase is very unique in the Old Testament. And this phrase has some translations I want to read you. Talking about how amazing Daniel actually was and what God actually thought about him. This phrase, greatly beloved, in the CEB, it says, God thinks highly of you. The CEB says, you are greatly treasured. The EXB says, God loves you very much. You are favored, coveted, and desired. The NASB says, you are highly esteemed. The New Living Translation says, you are very precious to God. The GW Translation says, you are highly respected. Notice how highly regarded Daniel is by God. Think about that. Let the setting, because I, I don't know about you, but I want to be highly regarded by God. Man, this Daniel under the Old Covenant had this esteem from God. That God thought so highly of him. It's a challenge to us. Which to let us know that that could be said of us too. This is more than God just loving Daniel. This is God honoring Daniel. And with how Daniel lived was a, lived in a way that made him so valuable to have a way. We'll get into this in a couple weeks. So I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead. But we even see in the book of Ezekiel talking about Daniel, how highly regarded Daniel was by heaven, how highly regarded he was in the mind of God. Skip now, we'll come back to it in a couple weeks. Verse 24. Notice what Gabriel says. He says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to, to anoint the most holy, some of the most holy ones. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. Now let's pause here. Jerusalem hasn't been rebuilt yet. The command hasn't gone forth yet, but guess what? It's about to now, and we'll see why in just a moment. He says, when that happens, he now sets a timetable. The command to restore and build, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Now, it's understood here to know that these weeks aren't physical weeks, but weeks of years. But notice how they are divided. So there'll be seven weeks, and then there'll be 62 weeks. But overall, as so verse 20, 
or there are 70 weeks. So there's 70 weeks, and this is dealing with Israel, for Israel's restoration, for everything what God said about Israel to come to pass. He says there are 70 weeks of years determined for this to happen. But we already see that there was a pause between 7 and 62. And as we keep reading, there'll be a pause after the 69th week. And so these 70 weeks are not always continuous. There's pause. And that shouldn't be strange to us. So think about it this way. A basketball game could technically be about an hour. Like how many times are there media timeouts? How many times does the coach call timeout? Those timeouts delay the game. Although there's an hour for that game, that game can take a couple hours or maybe even longer if it goes into overtime. So we understand the concept of time being paused. And that's the same concept we see here in the 70 weeks of Daniel. And it says, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. But what are those troublesome times? The times of Ezra and Nehemiah. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. And word cut off, the phrase cut off means suffer the death penalty, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who was to come, well, who was the prince who was to come? What we learned in Daniel chapter 7 and chapter 8. The prince who's to come is the little. It's talking about the Antichrist. We're talking more about the little horn and Antichrist next week as we continue the study. So the people of the princes to come. So this gives you the background of where the Antichrist is coming from. But we'll get there later. That's later. I'm setting up for where we're going next week. A whole lot of things as a message is setting up for where we're going next week. So don't miss next week. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Say, don't miss next week. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Say, don't, don't miss next week. I'm just setting up for where we're going in the study. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. We see all that fulfilled in 8070. The end of it shall be with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. This is talking about the last week, that 70th week, and talking about what the Antichrist will do. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes it desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So one of the things we see first, let's review this in the chapter. Seventy weeks are determined. The word determined means decreed or separated. So there's a separate amount of time for God's dealing and fulfilling what he promised Israel. We see that talking about the Messiah cut off or suffered the death penalty. We know the weeks here means understood to be the weeks of years. And we know the prince who is to come is the little horn or the Antichrist. And we're talking about him and what is said about him in the future chapters next week. For the sake of finishing up tonight, go to Ezra chapter 1. So we see Daniel at the top of Daniel chapter 9. He sees by reading through the prophets of Jeremiah that the 70 years are up. It's time for what God promised to come to pass. Notice what he didn't do. He didn't say, well, God said, I'm just going to wait for it to happen. I'm just going to sit back and wait. When is it going to happen, God? When is it going to happen, God? No, he didn't do that. And so many Christians do that when they have a word from God, a promise from God. It's so I'm just waiting for it to happen. Whenever God wants it to happen, it will happen. God will just make it happen. No. What did Daniel do? What do we see from an example? He saw it in the word. He saw what God promised, and then he took it to prayer. He set his face, meaning I'm not going to skip off focus from this. I'm not going to stop putting my faith towards this. I'm not going to take my dedication away from this until it comes to pass. When he said his faith like that, he began to pray based off of what God had spoken. Notice Daniel's not coming up with his own thing. 
He's not coming up with his own prophecy. He is praying based off of what God had said, what God had promised. And as he stands on that word and begins to pray out from the basis of his covenant, doing what the scripture had told him to do concerning praying for people and praying for forgiveness of sins and making his request on the basis of God's mercy of his covenant love and his covenant dealings with his people Israel, what Daniel prayed and what Jeremiah prophesied came to pass. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May his God be with them, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem, and whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the free will offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And the heads of the fathers, house of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. So notice, there was the prophetic word, and then there was a praying man who would not be deterred. When that prophetic word and that praying person came together, the Holy Ghost moved. Upon Cyrus. And so, well, how long was it from when Daniel prayed in Daniel 9 to what we've seen as we're one? This is less than a year. Probably in that same year. In that same year, the Holy Ghost moved. Well, Cyrus, remember, Darius was only over that area for a small window of time. And then Cyrus becomes king. And Cyrus, one of the things he does in his first year as emperor over everything, he decrees. A decree that's coming straight from the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost moved on this world, on this person, and now he fulfills the prophecy. But notice, it took the spoken word of God, the spoken prophetic word of God, being grabbed onto with dedication and tenacity by a praying person. And as they prayed out the word, as they prayed out the prophecy, it came to pass. You know, one of the things about prophecy is that, great, you receive the prophetic word. That's wonderful. God still works that way. He still gives prophetic words. We thank God for the gift of prophecy, the word of knowledge, and the word of wisdom, and how God speaks to us today. It's great to receive a prophetic word. But the thing is, you don't just receive sounds and wait for it to happen. No. Prophetic words must be prayed out over years. Like God said, this is what's going to happen over the coming year. That has to be prayed out. Things he talks about to you personally has to be prayed out. Things he speaks to your heart in your own time of prayer, your own time of study, walk with the Lord. Those things have to be prayed out. You know, there's a way for those things to come fast. You take it, you set your face like Daniel, and you began to pray it out. You present it before God. You spend time praying in the spirit concerning it. You find promises in the word of God that line up to what was spoken to you. And then you pray it out. Now, I'm not saying you go look for prophecy. Psalms, at least someone prophesied to me. No, you don't. But if the Holy Ghost seeks to move that way and gives you a prophetic word, of course, you judge it by the word of God. Because if it contradicts the word of God, that ain't a comfort of God. You check with your heart to make sure this is what God is telling you. And you take that prophetic word and you pray it out. How long do I pray it out? Till it comes to pass. You hold on to it and you set your face like Daniel did. And then you get results just like Daniel.
place that I'm looking forward to going to even further next week. But that's enough for now. Some of you have things on your heart that God's talked to you about all year long. Or even things we've been sharing about what's coming up next year. Promises that God has talked to you about. That you've been waiting to come to pass. Is that anyone here that's been waiting? That's been waiting. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Just my Washington place will put it in the chat. That's been waiting for some stuff to come to pass. This message is for you to know. Stop waiting. Take that thing to prayer and pray it out. Take this last month of the year and pray out what God promised you. Yes, through the holidays. You can still find time to pray through the holidays. You can still find time to pray as you get ready to celebrate the Christmas season. Pray out what God promised you and watch that prophetic word come to pass. Don't just wait for it to happen. Pray it out. So, Father, help us. Help us set our face like Daniel. Help us pray out what you promised us so that we can see your promise in the land of the living. Because I know as we set our face and pray like this, we will receive angelic assistance. Whether we see them or not, we will receive their assistance. And you will move on the hearts of people. No matter what position of power they're in, and no matter where they are, you'll move on their hearts so that we'll receive the assistance that we need to what you promised to come to pass. We trust you, Father. We know you are faithful and your word is true. Your word is a shield toward us. Your faithful promises are a shield for us. Your word is tried and true. So help us pray it out so we can see what you promise in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And so be it. All of you who just put in the chat, I've been waiting. Stop waiting. It's time to pray things out. And you might be a person why I've been waiting and praying things out. When you heard what God's talking about next year and things that God said to other people, you take some time and you pray out those things as well. Give your supply of the spirit and watch how God moves in other people's lives and blesses you as well. Let's go. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.